So welcome to Polymath Podcast. We are on episode nine. Uh, my name is Chris Frossin. I'm Ashley Callum. And uh, you can find us on Twitter. I won't do the silly joke again this week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Chris Frossin on Twitter. Uh, I'm. Oh, I've got two actually. I'm uh, at Calisthenics UK uh, for fitness-related book stuff, and uh, I'm at AF Mylac uh, for um, novel-related stuff. Your author, author stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can also find the Polymath uh, podcast has got a Twitter as well, which is Polymathcast at Polymathcast, uh, and you can if you search for me on Facebook, uh, you'll find my photo page. The same with Ash. You've you've got your yeah can, yeah. Can you search with complete calisthenics. You'll you'll, you'll come across my complete calisthenics. Well. Have you yeah. got an AF Mylac fan page on? I have. Yeah, I've only got a few. Like, I've only just started that. Really. Okay. So yeah, you can go and like his uh, author page as well, and yeah, find you could, out all about his uh, inspirational writings. Brill. So episode nine. We're already so past two months. So it's like mostly space related, isn't it? Really. Well, we had or, the Orion. We had the Orion. Um, the Orion. Spacecraft, which was that was launched this last week. Just launched, yeah. So man just did a, a an orbit. I think a, a two, few hundred miles up. Did um, a couple of couple of orbits of the Earth and, and then landed back down in um, yeah in the Atlantic by uh, California. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was watching the launch live on the Friday, I think, but then that was scrubbed because of uh, a valve problem or something. Yeah. Um, so then I didn't uh, see the so I, I didn't see the I didn't see the live no. launch. So I watched the launch uh, on on you know, replay. Repeat, yeah, and then um, saw the splashdown or the re-entry live, uh, which was quite cool. Yeah, I saw the uh, splashdown. I didn't like it, like you. I didn't see. I've not actually watched the replay either. I might have to try and find the replay. It was quite it, cool. I always wondered. I always wondered to myself. Oh yeah, it's quite easy to find. Yeah, um, I always wondered why they don't use really good cameras. It just seems like they always have, the <laughs> pitch you the pictures that they bring back are like it's like they filmed from a potato. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two forty p. We meet again. I'm wondering yeah. whether the live stuff. I'm wondering whether it's like a bandwidth problem. Oh, sure, yeah. But um, but I, I, on the thing, they only had about on the, on the NASA website. They, they had a live counter, you know, view counter. And it was only I don't know, sort of seventy percent of capacity out of only a few hundred thousand people. So it's not the, like there was millions and millions of when people watching. Felix Baumgartner did his. Obviously, Red Bull did all the um, coverage for that, but the the quality of, from that was awesome. Yeah, they need better. They had, they had like, I don't know whether it was GoPros. It probably was, but they just had GoPros everywhere, and it was it was really good quality in terms of the the coverage uh, and the picture quality. So you think what they do? Why they haven't they got? Maybe but they maybe it's I, maybe it's not a thing that that people at NASA think about. Maybe it's. I mean, I remember reading um, uh, The Martian. Um, for anybody that hasn't read it yet, go read go it. Go read it's it. Awesome book. Yeah, you keep um, telling me to go read it. Yeah, I must uh, get it. And. There's a point at which no, I won't, I won't spoil anything. But there's a point at which they want a they picture. They find a Martian. Well, they want no. <laughs> they want, they, they want a picture of, of the uh, of the astronaut on the surface. Yeah. And they said, oh, can, you know, can you can you uh, aim aim the satellite at him and get a get a picture, you know, on on the surface and stuff. And they're just like, well, no, no, no. You've got a, you've got a picture of him, you know, with, with his helmet. And they said, oh, you know, and the PR people say we can't see his face. People need a picture. They need to see a picture. And the people at NASA aren't bothered about it. Yeah, they're nowhere near as much as the PR people because they don't yeah. see that. And don't I, see, I mean, yeah. I know that's only a work of fiction, but um, it mix. must be must be the same. Maybe they just don't don't care that much. But um, it, it's just a fact that people want to see these the videos, quality, especially yeah, especially in this same age as well. You've yeah, got, exactly. Uh, yeah. You got HD and. But you 4K. can understand back in the sixties and stuff, you know, and, and the seventies, the moon landings where they didn't have the best 
equipment to film with and stuff. I mean, the but then they, when, when they're launching it, it's, they're not like they're launching it in a place that's been u- used for 60 years or 70 years or something, so they've got current tech in there. Mm. It's, all, it's all new, new, um, new fixtures and stuff. Yeah. So why haven't they got brand new cameras? Shocking. NASA, straight out. But it was, and it was awesome. I read the little PDF info bit on on the Orion spacecraft. and and, um, A crew of four, I think it will carry. crew of Um, four, it's about 2030. Yeah, mid-2030, something like that. And I heard they were going to go and land on an asteroid before they were going to go to Mars. Sounds kind of cool. So they're going to be man people. Is it going to be landing on an asteroid or floating across an asteroid? Because there's not going to be any gravity on that. I guess I'll have to... I don't know. <clears throat> Speed match it or something, I guess. I, I, I yeah. really don't know. Um, God, it's got to be... I hadn't thought about that. You know when the uh, when the spacecraft landed on the comet a couple of weeks ago? We were having a big discussion about it. I wonder how, how much... Because obviously there's no... Hardly any gravity, any gravitational pull on it. What was it? A kilometre across or something? Mm. So there's not going to be a lot of gravitational pull. So you're going to have to speed match... Like on Interstellar where he's trying to speed match the twist. To, to well, I read um, that was cool. Uh, I started watching uh, Space Odyssey again, yeah. um, and uh, I realised where he took that from. Now, there, well, there's a similar thing in in terms of one, yeah. But it's it's very it's it's very very slow compared to yeah. sort of matches the you know, speed matches. And I love I love his line. That's why you that's why you brought me in. What's that? When he was when he was going, you can't you can't do that. It's spinning. You're never gonna do it. He said, yeah, that's why you brought me. In. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm the best pilot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's a reason. Brilliant. Yeah, um, that's why I'm here. So yeah, I mean, I think that that'll be that'll be the, the next big thing for Mars. I mean, um, uh, you were saying about um, um, earlier about who was it? C's uh, PZ PZ Myers PZ Myers talking well talking crap about Carl Sagan's. Well, I think speech. he was just. I mean, I, I guess he's not the only person to say it, but um, yeah, there's a biologist in um, America called uh, PZ PZ what PZ Myers PZ is in America. Um, if he was in England, it'd be and I, I used PZ to read. Well, I still do read his book sometimes. I used to read it a lot, um, and he's he's a biologist. I don't know. I think he's. I think he specialises in some area, but I, I don't know. People out there that read his blog might know. Um, but it's basically. Uh, it all started from a, a, a short film called um, The Wanderers. The Wanderers, you, yeah, we just me. watched. And by, by a guy called I don't know his name. Eric, it was, oh, what was his name? Eric. Was he a Polish Eric guy? Vin, Vin, it was a W. Eric Vinquist. I want to say that's probably Vinquist. something like that. Yeah, I want to say. Um, but Eric it was Vinquist. it was a short film um, of um, CGI uh, scenes from places in the solar system, and it was put together as if it was kind of like a a really high-end, upmarket um, tourism a, advert, yeah, almost. Say, not like that, but very, PR. very transcendent, awe-inspiring, all the rest of it. You can and almost it imagine Carl... it being in Total Recall, kind of thing. That yeah. kind of you can go anywhere you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it had Carl Sagan, you know, uh, speaking to words from probably Cosmos or something, or or Pale Blue Dot, you know, just saying that that our future lies, you know, um, uh, out there in the cosmos and stuff, and we have to explore, for, you know, uh, for almost for its own sake, and I think. P.Z. Myers and other people that have, that think that same way, uh, basically just thinking, well, the only reason we'd go to another pl- uh, another planet in the solar system is to see if it's got anything we can use, like mine, mining stuff. Um, and to me, that's not the point at all. I don't think that's no. what Carl Sagan meant at all. It's you know, you explore f- for its own sake. You know, yeah. you know, people that are, 
the LHC aren't doing those sorts of things really for money. Well, well, personally, not anyway. I mean, the corporate, the companies and stuff that might have, and the people that are financing might have an ulterior motive, which is there money, is that there is always but they they they're they're doing it for to to acquire knowledge for its own sake, which I think you know. If somebody said to me, right, Ash, you can go uh, 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 on a spacecraft and fly around Jupiter and, and you know, and <laughs> yeah, see the view, yeah, hell yeah. you'd go for its own sake. You yeah. wouldn't be thinking in the back of your mind, all oh, right, yeah, well, that I, because I'm near Jupiter, I'll be able to go check out you know, one of the moons and see if there's, see if there's any gold minerals there. on there that I can yeah. mine. It wouldn't, uh, to me anyway, it wouldn't even there. enter into my, into my consciousness. So I don't... Yeah. But there is that kind of underlying factor of... like. Um, why do you, why did you climb Everest? And because it's there. There's that underlying factor of almost you can almost label it as cool cool factor. Why do you want to go and fly around Jupiter? Well, because it's because it's cool and because because it's there and because we want to sort of thing. It's not it's not really for any. I suppose there's a little bit of advancement, but it's just because it's there, and it's it's one of the lamest sounding arguments when you think about it. But it's probably one of the the strongest. Mm. Like why, why would you want to go to Mars? Why not? I mean, it's strange whether because maybe in the in the West or or in our society, it's common for people to study the cosmos and to look at planets and to to revere spacecraft and astronauts and people like that. Yeah, but is it in other cultures? I don't know. I mean, I I, I wasn't born in India, say. Yeah. Or so um, are Hindus kind of. Or, going. Or, or I was I wasn't born yeah you know, on the African continent, so I don't know if it's. Is it an, is it a big interest? It might not be. If it's not, why not? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm guessing priorities would probably be a little bit different over there. Purely, yeah, of course, purely yeah. because of poverty and, and their lifestyle, their quality of life would be. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's probably it, slightly yeah. less. I've thought about it before. Slightly I suppose once possible. you you know once you don't have to maybe won't you, well you don't have to worry about food or water or or you start, shelter. You you've got time then you, because yeah you're probably yeah you're probably completely yeah. right. You don't have to worry about those things, so you're like, right, well, what can I... What else can I occupy my brain with? See, I suppose well, I'm not worried about... Yeah, I suppose your brain power is not taken up by, you know, what am I going to do? Then I suppose it? that's the... Oh, I don't know. After, I often wonder, because, yeah, and then you... Because you do hear, well, they don't have a lot of... You say some countries have, have drought. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, so do a lot of countries. I mean, uh, I mean, Australia is not the wettest country in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's... But I mean, but then again, maybe Australia's using up their their water supply, using up their resources too quick, and then in a, in a couple of hundred years, they won't be able to live in Australia anymore. I don't know. You could always have that, and the pe- the people that are do live in a country with drought don't overuse the resources. No, that's true. I, th- I don't. I don't know. It might be impossible to ever to ever know. But, um, but yeah, I think it would be. I mean, I, I just wonder. You know, if if we. Send them to Mars. Are there people on Earth that won't even be aware of it? There must be. When, oh, when it happens, there's there's probably, got, there will be. be people who are not aware of it. Um, there's bound to be people that aren't aware of it. Yeah, and it, it it fascinates me that kind of thing because you you know if there are people that aren't aware that Carl Fo- Carl Fogarty won I'm a Celebrity last week, and I only know that because I saw it on a Facebook post. There's going to be Didn't people who don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's going to be people who don't know cool stuff about Mars. I know who he is. The, the Ducati rider, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, everybody knows about it. Fogarty is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, no, people know stuff like that, but... But the crazy thing is that, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you had men setting foot on the moon at the same time as you had isolated tribes in, in Papua yes, New Guinea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that haven't changed their way of living, perhaps, 
for tens of thousands of years, maybe. Or, or at least, you know, at least five, six, seven thousand years. It must be the case. Uh, I, I find that fascinating. How, how, how that, that's... Because that, I mean, we talk, we talk about the gulf of, uh, 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 or the disparity in knowledge, yeah. you know, between the people that know a lot about stuff and the people that just get by, yeah. even, even in an house, yeah. even in modern society. But then you think about that gap. Now that is, a, that is huge. I'd argue that the people within that environment, though, I reckon that the um, distance of knowledge between the the person who knows the least and the person who knows the most would be very, very small. Yes. I reckon everybody in there would be as knowledgeable as everybody else in terms of the skills and the knowledge that they've actually got because of the way they're sharing the knowledge. I mean, I don't... Do do they have writing? I don't even even know. Some of those tribes must have. We talked about that a few weeks ago, how, how human... Uh, advancement has happened because of writing. But then would they have writing? I mean, you have... I watched that... Remember that programme called Tribe? Bruce Parry. I think we've spoken no. about it before. Bruce Parry was yes, an ex... Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he went out. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm sure it was on there where he said in like a, in a, an area of about 50 square miles or something, there was about 20 languages. Wow. 20 different languages spoken. Something like that. It, it, it was... That might not... They're probably not the exact figures, but it was... It's close. It was a ridiculously was. small... Area of and, a lot of and a lot of different languages, um, and the people that spoke those different languages were, were tiny groups, you know, a few hundred people at the most, maybe not even that. And you think, well, what, yeah. it's, it would be you know, the, the a you've got the the, but, but then again, maybe they don't want to, maybe they know that there's the outside world and they don't want to, which is fine, because of the, I mean, at the end of the day, they've well, been. It's one of the things that we've been talking about. Um, just kind of every time I pop around for a cup of tea and stuff, it's, it's how much those skills that they're holding on to actually apply in the current world. Because they're obviously trying to keep their skills going, that, that skill set that they've got that's been passed down generations of, of making bows and arrows and making wicker baskets out of reeds that they get in the river. And uh, what was the other one? There was one about how to eat. Um, it was Ray Mears over in, over in England who does the kind of similar thing to. Uh, he's the American guy, does it? Um, I don't know. Bear Grylls. Oh, he's a British guy. No, he's British. Yeah. Who's the American guy? Survivor Man. What's his name? Ah, Ooh, I don't know. I think it was I've not watched that much. Anyway, Survivor Man. It's awesome. But uh, he went over and um, he was talking to uh, talking to a tribe, and they'd found out that you can eat this poisonous root, but you have to put it in a put it in a bag, drain it in a river for weeks to to let all the poison drain out of it, then beat it with a stick. Then mix it with something else. Then cook it. Then grind it down into a pulp. And then mix it back with water. And then you could eat it. Yeah. It's just like a how the hell did they find that out? How many people died so that they could find out yeah, that well, this thing was poisonous and I you could eat it this way? They, I don't think they do have writing. You know, I think they've got to. They must have writing. They must have a way to. But it might be all. It's all oral, isn't it? The traditions and everything is all oral. That's that's why. I mean, that's what Brian Cox was saying on that. Um, yeah, maybe that's why. Universe. Yeah, maybe that's, that's why. Because it's advanced that much. Like he said, if he's, I think if he we was didn't try- have writing. He was trying to work out how uh, how that uh, craft would get yeah. back into orbit, and he yeah. said, if I didn't I know have because yeah, if I, if those equations weren't written down in a textbook, he said I'd have to work those out for myself to start with, yeah. and then I'd have then only then would I be able to work out yeah. the, the calculations. For, so there needs to, needed to have been someone in the he past. He said he'd, he'd never do it. He says if we down. couldn't pass on knowledge somehow. Says and writing makes that possible. It says you could pass it on orally, but as soon as you pass it on orally, there's 
there's, you have people's interpretations, of, yeah. you have people's opinions. Well, Charlie no, whispers on science. Yeah, which just e equals work. mc squared. If you were past that oral, it would be uh, yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, f equals mc squared. Yeah, what's that? I don't know. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crazy. So yeah, I mean, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, go back to uh, Mars will be. Will be the. I think that's that'll be cool. Twenty thirty, just about. Other than you know, Mintron having kids or something, that that will be the event of my lifetime, probably. I don't think it's. Yeah, but the event of my lifetime. I don't think. I don't think it's cheesy to say at all. I mean, to to see the launch would be immense. You know, to say what I was at the launch, I saw. I saw. What was the travel? Was it four year travel? Was it five hundred and twenty days? Five hundred and thirty days. I don't know whether that was one way or both ways. I think they did. I think it's one way. Five hundred twenty-one way. It was eighteen months, wasn't it? Well, is that I'm a round sure trip? Months. I think that would be a round trip. Because there was those guys. Because uh, the... they did the um, the one. Was it in Russia where they put yeah. them in? The... Have they done that yet? Oh yeah, they did it. No, yeah, did it a couple years ago? A few years ago, didn't they? So that just was to, a... just to study the, yeah, the psychology and the, the physical effects and been lots of with but people. But that was like eighteen that. months, wasn't it? So maybe it's an eighteen months one way land on Mars. And then 18 months back. Yeah. Or was it a round trip? I can't years. think you could get to Mars in nine months. It seems... I don't think you could. Which way is it? Yeah, isn't it? It's crazy. So what... I'm not sure what's just... Well, the other one... The other one that happened this week as well. So you obviously had the Orion mission that was going yeah. to Mars and the asteroid. But then you also had... Um, the New Horizons probe that they've uh, just woken up. Because that's been travelling for nine years and three billion miles. And it's right out at the um, Kuiper objects at the edge of the solar system. And uh, it's going to look at Pluto, which is now apparently a planet again. They've decided that it's going to be a planet again. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's one's, that one's looking over there. But that's uh, it's just one of those crazy, crazy factual things that right out on the edge of the solar system, the time it takes for the signal to get there and then the signal to get sent back etc is 4 hours 26 minutes yeah at the speed of light it takes 4 hours for the, the 300,000 kilometres a second doesn't take 4 hours it's <laughs> a long way isn't it 300,000 kilometres a second that's why whenever you know when people say oh you know uh, I mean I know they can't know but it's I think like we said you know it's like looking for, for life in the universe it, it and or people saying, "Oh, there is no life in the universe." It's like, yeah. it's like it's like <laughs> looking around your living room for for a, I don't know for something that you're trying to find when you've got the hole in the planet Earth to search. Yeah, you know, I it's, mean, no. you're not you're not the chances of you finding it. I mean, they say they say so the, the, that human universe that uh, Brian Cox was talking about. Uh, he said that life is so rare in terms of, especially intellectual life, intelligent life. But how do you know that? Um, but it's so it's so rare because the number of uh, the number of factors that have to happen for it to occur are ah, so, so minute. Mean... So oh but yeah, but because the argument so stars, on that there's so, so many stars and so many times that this because it was basically the chance that um, two cells combine um, and don't kill each other, uh, which then creates a multi-cell organism, but. That obviously happens millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of times, probably a second. Um, but the chance that it doesn't actually kill each other and, and creates this double uh, double cell, multi cell organism. I mean, what? But if you multiply that exponentially over the entire 
Galaxies. I mean, it's meant to be what? Say 400 billion, billion galaxies. galaxies. 200 to, or 100 to 400 billion stars in each galaxy, something like that. So even if you said, right. Okay, the odds are. The odds are one in a billion. Yeah. You've already, you've still you've already find, got a hundred. You've still, got, you've still got a billion worlds that you might find life yeah. on. Because even if you, even if the odds are just ridiculously low, because there's so, because there's so, because many, there's so many of them. stars and I mean, I don't know whether you'd find would you find more planets than stars or, or more because they, found, they in, found they found did they find proof of organic life on the asteroid or was that? On, they found organic organic mod- they found molecules. Found organic molecules, didn't they? On on the the comet on the asteroid that they landed on. So if they've done that and we've got two two forms of organic life in inverted commas in the solar system and, and that's just one solar we have, system. We, we've only got one laboratory in which to do our experiments. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, they say, oh, it's like these guys that say, um, it's like the fine-tuning argument that, What's that, that? The, the intelligent design goes. They say, well, there's these constants in the universe uh, and they're, they're finely tuned a certain way. And if they were slightly different, then life oh, right, can't yeah, exist. Yeah. It's like, if you move gravity, yeah, of course. But if you if you take the the view that there could be an infinite number of universes, yeah, why not? I mean, every every universe might have slightly different laws of physics, slightly different constants. In some universes, it might just be rocks. In some, like ours, there are humans. Yeah. In others, there might be life forms that aren't really that can never be intelligent. There you go. So we've got we've got we've got one planet in one solar system in one galaxy, the Milky Way, which has got billions of hundred billion galaxies in the universe. So all have got stars. If you then if you then multiply that with a number of different uh, worlds and universes on top of that as well, it just gets crazy. So I think yeah, I think it's parallel universes. We don't you don't know. I don't think it's possible to know enough to say conclusively that well, there is no other life. There are no other universes, you know. There, I don't know how it, it's a lot. Like I said, it's like looking in a tight. You know, yeah. You're trying to find a, a needle, and you're looking in a tiny bit of a bit, a bit of hay, in, in and you've got the entire world to search. Full of hay. So you can't, you know, a world of hay, <laughs> a horse of paradise. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think it's not possible. I don't think it's possible to say with certainty. I don't think it's it ever those, will. It's, it's, Rather than rather than everybody trying to trying to or wanting proof that there is life, try and get your head round the fact that okay, then we'll prove the opposite, prove that there isn't life anywhere else, and not even prove it. Accept, try and try and accept that in a hundred billion galaxies that are out there, there isn't another form of life anywhere, mm. and you can't do it. I think it's like that. Um, there's that celestial teapot argument, isn't there? That um, you can never prove something in, in, in with a scientific method. Anyway, you can yeah. only you can only attempt to disprove it. Yeah. it. It says that there's a there's a teapot, a cup and saucer, orbiting the sun between halfway between the Earth and Mars, and people say they're not prove it. Prove that it's not. <laughs> Which it just goes to show that, that some arguments are, are, are ridiculous. You know, you can't you can't be expected to. It is impossible to prove that there's not. Yeah. But it's so unlikely that there would be a teapot orbit, yeah. orbiting halfway between the Earth and Mars that it, you might as well not. You could never say the probability is zero. Yeah. You know, but for for all realistic and you know purposes, you could do. So if you um, were if you were to get up into space, would you take a teapot and a saucer and throw it out? Of course. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> because if I was one, if I was categorically come back and say, if well, I was NASA, I would take, I would take <laughs> one to the outside of the Orion hole, and then when you get halfway, just let it go, and then there you go. <laughs> and you can actually say there is a teapot circling Mars. Brilliant. Circling, um, yeah, take it to the hole. Circling the sun. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. It'd have to be made out of that uh, super strong. Um, um, <laughs> didn't want to mention. Didn't want to mention the TV tiles. series. I did want to mention my TV series come up. I don't know. Well, I'm, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, could be copyright my idea anyway, wouldn't it? Well, no, but I'll I, tell you what, you mention it well, and then go and write it. Well, uh, well, we've got, this, we've got this dated anyway, so if anybody, yeah. if, any, if anybody listening tries to pull a fast one, then we'll know. But no, no. I, after watching that Wanderers, I had, a, I had an idea for, for a TV series. And it I, does I, sound I, um, cool, to be fair. I wanted to do, um, I really like these, uh, I still watch a lot of documentaries and stuff, it's my favourite type of, type of programme to watch. But I also like um, pseudo documentaries. So if if anybody's watched well, Kirby like Enthusiasm, Kirby Enthusiasm with uh, Larry David, that's kind of it. if you watch the first episode, the pilot, it's an hour long, and he, he actually does he actually does acknowledge the camera a, a little bit, and they okay. film it in a different style. And it's really funny. Um, Is that the first, the only what the only the one only that pilot. he's done in that? Yeah, like yeah, that, the only pilot. Yeah, the and he kind of like he sits down with with Jeff Green, his manager, and they, and they say. Oh, he says, oh, yeah, so is this, is this camera going to be following us around all the time? And he just sort of laughs, and, he's, and he goes, so, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just sit there, just act like it's not there. Um, and that kind of, like, it, it's that sort of style, Sensitive. like, where they, where they know the camera's there. Um, so I thought, you know, they need to do, uh, 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 or I'd like to write a documentary where they um, they get a group of astronauts, and maybe a presenter, like a well-known TV personality or presenter. Melinda Bessinger. Uh, no, Rachel Riley, she's awesome. Who? Rachel Riley. I never heard of her. The clever mask person from uh, Countdown. I suppose, yeah, I suppose you go, well, yeah, of course you go, well, yeah. The geeky, geeky one. Could, yeah. Or, or uh, something like Brian Cox or some, Brian Cox. somebody, somebody you know, that, that, that's well known, you know, that is, a, that is a character. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just throwing names at you. Know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I had, a, I had an idea of more like a frontiersman, you know, somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody a bit younger. Uh <laughs> So yeah, so th- then they'd the whole premise would be that these presenters and and, and a, or presenter and a cameraman or cameramen yeah. would go um, would take a trip with a group of astronauts out of the solar system and but they'd visit places in the solar system and it would be filmed in a documentary style. How what? How about having no cameraman and just having the dude do it? But almost filmed on a shot on a GoPro, so he's got access to loads of cameras, and he's almost like picking up a camera and talking into it. I see what you mean, yeah. And, and, um, and filming it. Filming well, no, I wanted it. Himself, it I wanted it a bit more because obviously I look, look David Attenborough and stuff. But yeah. like, I wanted so it slightly to be more bit, produced. Yeah, slightly more produced. Okay. Yeah, where he because there's times where he sits down, isn't he? And he has fossils in his hands, and he's yeah, obviously sitting yeah. down. There's obviously a camera on a tripod, and they're sitting there, and he's got the backdrop of yeah. the Serengeti or whatever. Um, and it would, would be like that. So they, they'd do science experiments. You know, the, the first episode or first episode in the series would be them training, yeah. then getting used to the, the suit, and you know, going through. And it'd show you a bit of. The, then it'd show you the launch and their the presenter experience in zero g for the first time, and all the rest of it. Um, then they'd probably take a trip. They'd visit the moon, Mars, do that. Perhaps, do the, perhaps yeah, Venus, bowling ball and a bowling ball and a feather. And a feather yeah, experiment. all sorts of things like that. So it'd be a way of uh, of. Yeah, just making. I mean, because there wouldn't, there's, there hasn't been a documentary like that. It would require a huge budget. Somebody like a, a, a company like HBO would 
probably have the clout to do it or, yeah. or would take would take the risk. But I just thought that would be uh, not obviously not through my writing, but it would be the the documentary end of documentary. You know, because it, you know it, it, it would be it would make other nature documentaries look tame. But you'd have to get the CGI right. That CGI would have to look. I don't think the CGI is that much of an issue. I mean, we if you go back, you go back. 50, is it 15 years, 10, 15 years to Starship Troopers? And you've got those going out to the, the planets all yeah. over in other universes. Because it, I think it could, could be really easy for, for for it to look fake. Would you find any? No, 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 no. It, it would it would just... I think it would be more for the fact that, that um, you know, they'd do science experiments and they'd, they'd go down and they'd have the vista and the views and stuff and experience... So just, it, would, it would be planted in reality. There would be oh yeah yeah because yeah it would be like a documentary like everything that we know about Ancelotus it'd be like a scientific documentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be, so they they could only land on the planets that they could really land yeah. on. Um, you know, I try and have it grounded in in you know real science and everything, and and um, and obviously that they it would take a long time to get to to these places anyway. Um, so you could have, you could even age the astronaut or age the characters. You could have them grow stubble or the hair get tight, a little bit grey or those yeah. sorts of things as the as the series goes on. Like the dude in Interstellar when they came back and he was like exactly, old, yeah, old, old wrinkly yeah. and grey. Um, and we were saying, well, because as soon as as soon as you said that, I was like, write write the pilot. What what's the pilot? Write the pilot. What how are you setting the pilot? And you said, oh, you could have them training and things like that. And I was like, well, you could have. And then you you were saying oh they were sending you were sending it they were sending everything back so they were going out there uh, landing on Mars uh, taking the tapes and then sending those back in a capsule and yeah. I was like well yeah. the pilot could be like some guy finding the capsule and then then the series ep- just rolls on from that oh yeah but I mean I I did I, that is a good idea but the trouble is the whole world would have to know about that NASA are planning a trip out of the solar system or not out of the solar system but through the solar system to these different locales. You know, so I think that would be quite tough to do. But cool. no, I thought cool. it, it, whether any any network would ever take that on, I, I, know, I just don't big, know. It, it would be, I think, six episodes. You could probably because you could get the launch, the, well, the training, the launch, the zero g, maybe visiting the moon in say the first the first episode. It has to be an hour. Yeah, it has to be an hour. Yeah, maybe maybe they just set foot on the moon. At the end, yeah, and then the, and then the have first Mars, episode, and you could almost uh, try and get an episode. I mean, you wouldn't per... have you wouldn't have to visit Pluto, any of that, but I'd want to go past the Sun. Yeah, um, you know, and then you can have loads. You of, could just about you could have loads land on Mercury. It's pretty cold at night, but you could probably just about land on Mercury. On the, on Venus, the night is hot. Venus is hotter, isn't it? Venus uh, is, Mercury's Venus is. I've heard that. Like, sure. Venus is Venus is hotter because the carbon got, dioxide. Yeah, the greenhouse effect. Um, but Mercury's got a higher uh, day-night temperature change. Right. So it's like something stupid, like 300 degrees in the day and minus 200 at night. Something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right, Venus is the hottest because of the carbon dioxide, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, probably, you probably couldn't land, and I don't think it would be right to necessarily land on everything because you'd have to take into account that, that you know, the planets would be orbit, orbiting and, and they'd all be in different positions. The planets yeah. aren't all in a nice line that they could just go to. You know, so you'd ha- only have to visit the ones that... that... That's artistic licence, though. That's bending a little bit of a rule to say, well, we're going to do this. This is the this is the path we're going to take. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you'd want them Because it's be, an episode to episode. You'd want them to be different enough. I mean, would... would I, mean, I don't know enough about the planets, to be honest. I'd have to research a lot. Um, I, you know, I don't... I mean, how different are 
Venus and, and Mercury, how how different are some of the moons you know, going around Saturn and Jupiter and all the rest of it? You, you, I suppose you'd have to, and you'd have to make them the, the well-known ones. Yeah, well, some of the moons are really different. So you know, maybe you wouldn't want to land on Ganymede because maybe not a lot of people. Ganymede is just a rock, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe you would not. Europa's, or, or, Europa's the ice one. Europa, I suppose a lot of people have heard of that. Titan, Titan, have heard of that. And you, you'd have to land on the ones that you'd have to land. You have to film them. <laughs> you have to film them, you know, visiting these places that people have heard of, just because I think then it's connection. You know, it, yeah, at, yeah, at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, it, it, it would have to get ratings. It would have surely, to. surely, it's it's half half that and half education as well. Oh, yeah, of course, it's yeah. that cool thing. It's it's yeah. the cool thing. Okay, well, we're going to go and land on. I can't even think of a really obscure one. Uh, but yeah. We're going to go and land on so and so. I mean, that would be. I, I mean, I I would do that project even if I didn't get paid. Just you know, so just cool. because you, I mean, you know, as a writer, maybe you get to go and and because they'd have to sit down and ask and go, right, what pictures have you got of X, Y, and Z? Yeah, could yeah, this yeah. be done? Yeah. How would you do it? Blah blah blah. Because we were watching, we were watching the Wanderers, uh, the Wander, Wandering Wanderers, that uh, video that you've linked me. One, yeah, the Wanderers. Wanderers. Yeah. We were watching that. Yeah. Anybody listening? It's it's about four minutes by Eric. Is it Wernquist? I'm sure it was Vinquist. It's called like The that. Wanderers, um, narrated, narrated by it. Carl Sagan. Um, and it's kind of like a short film of, of kind of like space tourists, yeah. aren't they? That's what they look like, yeah. space tourists visiting all these places and they're, they're jumping off cliffs on, on you know, yeah, low-gravity low cool. planets and moons. Um, and they had, um, they had wings, didn't they, on one of them? Because so that was the first thing I said. I was like, oh, you'd have... Because obviously the, the gravity varies so much, there would be a planet or a moon somewhere where you could literally just fly. Yeah, a pair of wings. But um, no, it was halfway about thirty seconds into that video, uh, you get to see um, three guys standing on top of a hill with a horizon line and then a tiny little sun, and instantly you go, "Oh, it's Mars." Yeah, because it's blue. It's because it's hue. so it's yeah. got a blue hue to it. Because it? it's so recognisable, and Mars has been almost become. I, I kind of chuckled at you and said, "Mars has almost become a recognisable screenshot, even though it's it's CGI. Yeah. It's recognisable." Th- there's a, the, with a series like that. There's there's so much scope for, and there's things you'd have to include, like when they landed on the moon, they'd have to wait, and the presenter would have to wait for Earthrise. Yes. And yeah. say, right, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, everybody's seen, you know, sunrise and sunset on Earth, but hardly anyone's seen Earthrise. And they'd actually, you know, and the presenter could be even quiet then. They wouldn't have to say anything. Yeah. You know, as long as it, <laughs> as long as it was realistic enough, yeah. you, you, that you could see, like, uh, and you could, as a viewer, you could look at it and go, Christ, he's actually there. This is yeah. actually, this is actually real. You know. Um, there's no way, there's no way we couldn't do that CGI now. The CGI would just be amazing. Of course, yeah. Possibly. But I think obviously it's not in, like we're creating in films. For me, like when you watch Interstellar, the only reason sometimes the the CGI is not believable is because the camera angles. Yes. The camera angles used are like, well, that's obviously a camera outside of yeah. the ship. Yeah, yeah. So what you'd have to do, I think, to make lens it... flares are one that makes me laugh. Lens flares. Lens yeah. flare in space. It's, it's... <laughs> would that not? Would that not happen then? Would no, it, happen? It, it does happen, but obviously there needs to be a camera somewhere for it to. to... Yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, every, every I know point, why they do it I mean, because it point, makes everything every grander. point of view would have to be from from the aspects of the of the spacecraft or, or a cameraman so I think it, even if the shot was well completely CGI you'd have to put human movements into the camera yes. and yes. all these sorts of things uh, you'd have to do that because I mean yeah, I think you could have panoramas and stuff but it would have to be obvious that it's a uh, set up shot like when you see like a nature program and they have a still camera and it's time lapse yep 
and they see you see the clouds going up or something. Yeah. You could do that, but it'd have to be still, and it'd have to be it'd have to be um, interspersed between live action scenes. So we need we need to find okay. So six episodes. You've got the first episode is um, the. This is all copyright, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Cal in two thousand four. First episode is well, Kevin. This is how Kevin Smith did his Tusk Tusk movie. Is it? Yeah, so Tusk, if anybody from HBO is listening, that is not going to happen, is it? <laughs> We're going to send it to HBO. I'm going to no. I'm going to send the send the podcast link straight to HBO. So yeah. the first the first pilot, you've got the training. Um, the launch, the kind of the knowledge that they're going to do it, picking the person who's going to go and do almost the like almost like leaving you know, the start yep. of the voyage and and and, and leaving because obviously you've got to introduce and and you've you got can to, have the guy arriving at NASA for the first time. Yeah, uh, you know you have the guy walking up to the uh, the vehicle assembly building. Um, also, just a quick aside on Google Earth, you can actually go through the vehicle assembly building. No, yeah, Street View. You can really, just go through it. I mean, it's massive, isn't it? Huge. So you can actually get into it. I'm fine. Um, that. If you if you follow us on Twitter, I will I will tweet, see, yeah. I will Tuesday, tweet the Tuesday location of that. Tuesday afternoon. Uh, that sounds cool. Uh, viewing. So yeah, you've got to be able to relate to the presenter. So you almost need a like a little bit of a backstory on the presenter and, and kind of getting to know he's him got, before yeah, he's he goes got to be apprehensive. You can have then, a camera with him in the car the, on the, the way there. The, that cool factor. It's just going to be full of the presenter going. This is so cool. Yeah, I've just like well, I thought was as well. You like know, Brian Cox when he went and went and met the astronauts that came back down and landed, and he was just like, "This is so cool." Yeah, he says, "Yeah, I can't yeah. believe we can just." He says, "He says this is just routine now." Yeah, you know, sending guys into space and getting them back again. And I'd what you know, the good thing would be that the launch and everything, and maybe landing on the moon, would be routine for the astronauts. Yeah, and the zero G's. Not, yeah, and then they, the presenter's just like ah. for the for the presenter, it's like. Shit! This I'm um, in zero g. Oh my god! Yeah, look, I'm floating. Just floating. Yeah. The moon would be even more so. But yeah. then, as they get further out, the astronauts would be in the same boat as yeah. the presenter. They're, oh my god! I'm talking about they have, they haven't seen that, yeah, uh, totally. and it's totally uh, it's new for everybody. And, so you almost get the when they land on the moon, the astronaut is going, "Yeah, here you go. Try try and throw this as far as you can." Yeah, and, and the astro- it just it just keeps going. And the astronaut's and going, the astronaut, right. It's just like an in joke. Yeah, he's giving advice like, "Okay, well, don't don't do this, don't yeah. do that." Because, you know, and they, they and then when they get out to when they get to like Antares and Titan, they're like, wow. they're like, right, everybody's just in awe. Yeah, exactly. They, they might be speaking to NASA to try and get instruction or what. Well, so awesome. like, the time so end of, end of the pilot, they land on the moon. Episode two. Where are you taking him? Well, I'm gonna, I'll have to work out exactly what year you're doing it uh, and where the planets would be. I mean, I'd want it to be more or less realistic, just to, only because that would then show the sheer distance, and that would be like, you wouldn't want them to to just be able to get to hop to each one because a part of it. I want so, do you want a little bit of the travelling time as well? So it wouldn't be like episode one lands on the moon, uh, pilot lands on the moon. Episode one is moon and then leaving again. Yeah, I mean, it could, because it, two at is the end of right, the episode, he, he could say, you know, right, we'll see you guys in X number of months. Yeah, for episode two. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't. But, you know, episode two would we'll, we'll there the yeah. week afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever you know. Normal, but it normal needs to be. You, you wanted to have the type, kind of time scale in there somewhere. Yeah, and then episode two would be right now. We're on Mars. Yeah, two months of. And if it, if it takes, you know, if it takes say two three years or something to travel and visit all those places, you'd want obviously, like I said at the beginning, you'd want those astronauts and people to age correctly and and, yeah. and be visible on screen. Awesome. Um, you know, and you, uh, you could have you could have them getting videos of uh, get videos sent through, and um, of people on Earth. Maybe they've had a kid, and now the kid's three years yeah. old, and all this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much scope for. I mean, you'd have to be very tightly written because there's so much that you could do. So you could you could easily just waffle enough 10, 20 episodes. So I think you'd. Well, I mean, maybe I ten episodes would be would good. There be, but... uh, would there be? 
I'm going to say I don't think there's... It's going to be a short... It's not going to be like a 16-24 episode series. Oh, no, no. Because no, I don't no. think there's that many things to... Well, there obviously is that many things to explore, but... But yeah, but a lot of the time it's just desolate, isn't it? Yeah. And you just you've got the view and maybe the, the experiments and stuff. But having a camera on some astronauts doing some so sort if you, of experiments. If if you landed on if you landed on Mars and there's rumours there's rumours that on Mars there is um, okay okay going back another step uh, in uh, is it the Amazon rainforest? In the Amazon rainforest, there's some caves. And uh, if you go down into the caves, there's really, really high levels of uh, methane in the cave, so you can't breathe it. Um, so it's it's deadly for us, and we have to go down there. When we go down there, you, uh, it was Brian Cox who went down. He wore a, obviously an oxygen mask and everything. He could take it off for, I think he said, 10 seconds before he gets really lightheaded. Um, so you keep having to breathe on that. So obviously we can't live down there, so life as we know it uh, can't survive. But there are these little... I can't remember what they're called them. Uh, they're like little slimy stalactites uh, which are hanging off and they live and thrive off methane, off this environment. And they're very highly acidic uh, and they excrete hydro- hydrochloric acid. Um, so these little creatures have obviously developed and evolved to be able to live in these methane environments. They say, or there's rumours, that on Mars there are holes that they've found and they've done... Um, spectrographic scans or whatever and they found out that methane's coming out of these holes so they were saying that it was one of these theories that okay well these holes could possibly have life inside them these little I can't remember what they're called snotites called snotites snotites these little snotites they, yeah because stalactites chance, are stalagmites they're yeah. actual sort of yeah, so that's rock formations stalactites and stalagmites are rock formations of minerals which are being dripped down and the, uh, the, the water evaporates and leaves a mineral behind um, but these little snotites are actual living things, and they were saying that possibly there's a chance that not actual snotites, but something similar to snotites, is living under the surface of Mars, creating this methane. So something like that, in the same in the same vein of taking taking an idea and flipping it in films like Interstellar that we've been talking about, would you take an idea like that and what, write and run it, with it in? Yeah, and run I, I, with, run with something like yeah, that. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, even if okay, it, well, we've got a theory. Even if it turned out to be wrong, I, I think you'd have to try. You know, it, in a day, it would be a TV program. Yeah. It is a. It would be a mock documentary. You know? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a entertainment documentary kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and then even if it, uh, I think the whole point of it would be to well, I mean, for the te- for the TV network to make money, obviously, but the whole point of it for me would be to um, try and ignite uh, 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 that spark yeah. so people would watch that space instead of X Factor or, oh, or God, whatever yes. else would yes, be, you know. I mean I know not everybody has HBO but well, that, um, again we were saying that uh, why why aren't we watching why aren't more people watching it it's because it's not out there so it's kind of up to and, up so, to, and, up and, to and sometimes to you know it, it it's there. as much as I hate to say it you know it was watching the Orion thing was slightly boring at times but it's going to be because it's a lengthy hour, you've got, process yeah you've got hours and hours of where not really much happens at all yeah. you know and you've got you know, the, the, I was watching you... the bit where Orion was going around the Earth and stuff. And because the picture was so grainy, it was kind of like, well, it, it, it is awe-inspiring. And I know that's taking place right now. And I think it's yes. going around the Earth yeah. at 20,000 miles an hour. Have you seen but... the live stream from the uh, space station? Oh, yeah. A few, a few, I've had that just, on a few times. Yeah, when just I just... Kind of, you just leave it there because you know it's live. When I've been writing it's... the stuff, I just have that on. Yeah. Just yeah. see the Earth orbiting. Well, not orbiting, but the Earth spinning in front of the space station. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you could take the Orion 
the whole Orion. I mean, okay, flick it, flip it back to that. If you could take the entire Orion mission in 2013, take the entire Orion mission, film the whole thing, bring it back, and then cut it into an into a documentary episode. That's what that's, that's, but that's to basically do. what what you're wanting to do. Yeah, but, but you're I trying mean, to fictionally that's, and that's a need to, that's a need to do that. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, well, maybe they do have people Highlights, do that, but sort of. I've never really seen anything in the media that, that goes right. Because, I mean, how, how many things are there of, of pictures and videos are there of Mars? I've never really seen, like, a collage of all the best ones put together to make yeah. it as exciting as possible. Yeah. It's, 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 I hate to say it, but it's just true that, that human, human nature is they want to see film trailers. Yeah, film trailers are always a lot more exciting, more or less, than the film yeah. itself. Yeah. Obviously, the film is better to watch and more enjoyable to watch, but in Most terms of... The time. of <laughs> Excite, yeah, exactly. Right. In terms of excitement, packed into a few minutes or yeah. so, a trailer is always is always much better. You know, God, imagine um, a trailer for the Orion landing. Immense. <laughs> immense. Imagine the trailer for that. See, that's the idea. I've got imagine, no, for, imagine I've got the no idea for what TV you... series. What are you going to call it? Oh, no idea. No idea. The Frontier, the Wanderers. Uh, I don't know. Um, the Voyagers. I don't know. Voyager. I don't know. It, I think it would have to be something a bit that, that explains it a bit more than that. Obviously, you know. you've got the. Um... I've, I've written the log line, as they call it. The log line is is like like what you see written in a TV guide. Yeah. You know. Which is. Um, uh, well, uh, presenter joins astronauts on a trip out of the solar system. They film it for a documentary, something like that. <laughs> cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, I thought you could Just even you could even have mini catastrophes. Brilliant. You know, you could have, well, you know, a, a guy gets in trouble on one of the surface or they have trouble landing or, you know, it would be totally made up, but you'd you'd inject that to have a bit of, yeah, because you'd always want the audience the to the know, well, well, I mean, <laughs> end of episode three and the guy floats out into space and he's, almost, like, well, yeah, some, I mean, maybe not that, but so, or something like that, you know, where, where they have a fuel line break or yeah, yeah, something yeah. happens, you know, because you'd want the audience to know that this isn't just a routine you can't just do this. It, it has to be planned dangerous. for years and years and years, and it has to be as a uh, as a risk. I think I think that's a hell of a hell of a. Th- d- how do you how do you get that out there? Because you're going to have to write that and then. Well, I'll, I'll write a treatment. I think they call it treatment. Is it a treatment? Oh, is that that's a screenplay, isn't it? I don't know. See, like I don't even know. I don't even know the terms. You don't need to know the terms. Um, You've got to write the pilot, though. You've yeah, got, I'll, I'll, yeah write I'll write the pilot. the pilot. I think I'm going to have to go back and watch like a lot of a lot of documentaries and just see the pacing just, that they use. Yeah, you can just um, imagine the pilot, the end of the pilot, and the guy gets out, gets out of the spacecraft and landing and steps out. Uh, and as he's stepping down, you can still see Neil Armstrong's footprints. He's, oh, exactly. He's yeah, I mean, he, he crouched down. The, same, the, same the cameraman would come in and go, "Yo, this is this is your mankind's first step out of yeah, you know, off, off off the world and stuff." And and you know, we're going to be making. Many more and, and all this sort of stuff. Awesome. Um, you know, they could they could even film they could film the other astronauts, you know, setting foot on other you know Mars for the first time or yeah, something. Yeah. Or, or, oh god, or, yeah, you'd have to do that. You know, and they can make a big deal about it. they can make that could always be a little mini event within the documentary. Yeah, you know, um, well, it's a pacing, isn't it? You got to understand. You got to kind of get get your head around the pacing of how you get because it wants to be a almost a thriller, not really a thriller, but an exciting documentary, so you need to, you need to, kind of figure out at what stage, um, through an hour's episode, things need to happen. Yeah. So after yeah, like twenty-two exactly. minutes, you need to get excited about doing so and so, or after yeah. thirty-six. I mean, uh, they talk about it a little bit on the Red Dwarf commentary about um, pacing through, um, 
pacing through the story of an episode. So this has to happen. I think what you're saying they basically need to have a lot of the story written uh, and understood within the first eight minutes, and then it kind of goes through. Um, but if you listen to the commentary of that, but well, you, could, I mean, you could lay the basic premise. <laughs> Uh, you know, the guys either flying into the NASA base or drive, well, driving in, say, just thinking, you know, well, you know, today I'm, this is, I'm starting my training today. Handheld on the GoPro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a little e- selfie. Even, 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 you know, ha- yeah. having the camera there, or he, he's in the front, you know, the camera's filming from the rear seat, he's in the passenger seat, he turns around and says, right, well, we're on our way to such and such. Yeah. You know. Because um, it's, that's, it's got to be a, be a huge idea, it'd be, it'd be difficult it'd be to really do. cool, because if you know, um, I've got a few friends who are who do really really interesting stuff like going over to Italy to drive the new uh, Pagani Carrara um, things like that and going Lucky. over to yeah yeah going over to America and driving um, driving to the, all the hot rod drag races and stuff and um, the way he tells the story and it's it's like he's not bragging he's not bragging that he's just gone to Italy to drive the Carrara he's so like excited about it, it comes across. So you don't hate him because he's gone to do it. It's just like, oh wow, tell me more, tell me more. So trying to find that kind of presenter that's just like, yeah, I'm going to go and land on Mars. Combined to, yeah, just like twitching with excitement and that I'm going to go and land on Mars. Whether you'd get a, 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 an actual, you know, a seasoned actor or a presenter, exactly, yeah. a, well, a, a kind of a, a figure of or that people you, know as a presenter or, or you, an actor. Yeah, I, I mean, think you'd have to do an actor. I think. Finding it, finding even, it. even someone like oh, I say Seth MacFarlane, I mean, only because he's he's reading that Cosmos series. But um, it's just because I was thinking, you know, the Cosmos series is amazing, and the new one I've only seen a little bit of it. But surely that wouldn't even compare to a, to, to, to a, to a, real to a documentary life, yeah. where they're visiting the planets. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know. But uh, that's the thing. We've got enough. We've got enough information and knowledge. The text there to do it. Yeah. Everything has the idea occurred to anybody? I mean, uh, it's, it's obviously an ambitious project. I mean, and it, it's oh, I know, I know that's why I suppose HBO is maybe the only sort of people that do that. I mean, they, uh, what other network would have taken on Game of Thrones? Well, he turned 70, down, he, I think he turned down three, didn't he? 70 or 80 hours, yeah. You know, he, he said, you know, they, they do an hour, 10, what, 10 episodes is a book or a series, but the, you know, each series is basically one book, isn't it, more or less? Could you write it into a book? Is that, I, I, it's, I'm not quite sure whether it quite work in a book. Oh no! What, what I'm saying is that you know he. No, your your. Oh no! Uh, your no, solar no. system documentary thing. I'm not sure, no. quite sure whether because if you could could you write it along the lines of a Martian style text? I suppose so. It's, it's but it, it it the whole almost like not the entire point, but a lot of the point would be. It's got to be the visual. Yeah, it's got to be the visual. Seen before, the visual link across it all is going to yeah. be because everybody can write about and then use people's and imagination. I, and I think, for, for me, stuff that really knocks home is is not um, cinematic shots of of CGI or even real places. It's the mundane shots that have more see impact it. for me. Yeah, like when you see when you just see like a, a, a you know. Like a dried up riverbed on Mars, a picture of it taken from taken from the rover. The picture might be a bit skewy if there might be a little bit of a, you know an edge cut off. Yeah, that has much more impact to me yeah. than say a film or or a picture with adjusted color, yeah. where the contrast is is done to make it look perfect and all the rest of it. Um, just because you like the raw image, 
Yeah, it, but it's much more real that yeah. way. It's much more real that way, and I think you'd have to you'd have to make sure that the, that the documentary or, or the cinematography would. Um, That'd be awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, it'd be a lot of work. I think tw- I'll try and get it in twenty fifteen. I've got a lot of the. Other, well, I've got two novels to release in. 20, I think you two should, more novels. I think you start penning that now because we've. Oh, I have I mean I've got. I've got, <laughs> I've got a page. I've got a page <laughs> get the pilot done. Um, try and get the pilot done. Because then at least it's yours, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, this is dated. Cheers. So if anybody comes out of this, if I see it on Fox, <laughs> lawyer up. <laughs> You've got to prove that you had the idea before December the 9th, 2014. Yeah. Uh, Fab. So, w- what else have you done this last week since the podcast? Because I know one thing that you've done which I'm really jealous about. What's that? Oh, but a, a bow. Yeah, you bought a well, bow. Well, me, me and Siobhan, me and the girlfriend have, have wanted to buy a bow and arrow for a while now. And um, we had kind of like a, a, a free day the other day. Uh, and I think it got to about two o'clock or so. And I was just like, we should look for some archery place. You know, I really want to really get it. I've been paid a little bit more than I than I thought I'd be, be paid last week or at the end of last month. So I thought, okay, well, I've got, you know, a couple of hundred quid spare to... And that's how much I allocated to spend on bows anyway. And I thought... Yeah. For that much, we can get all the kit. We can get a couple of decent beginner yeah, bows, two arrow, arrows each. You know, a, a bag that we can you know, put them in. All the accessories and stuff that we need. You know, um, so we went to KG Archery in Nottingham, um, and they had on their website that they closed at four o'clock. I mean, we were there till about half past five, quarter six. Uh, I mean, I was trying to go quick, but the guy was just chilled out. Yeah, yeah. it was owned by a, a couple. They must have been. In, they must have been in their late fifties, early sixties. It's a natural place that builds them, isn't it? Yeah, they yeah. Build you walk in, and there's a big window on the right hand side. And you can see the workshop. They make old, old school long bows, cool. um, compound bows, um, uh, recurve bows, all the rest of it, all, yeah. all handmade stuff. They make all the arrows, do all the adjustments and everything. Oh, really? Cool. Um, they've got a little range out the back as well, a twenty yeah. yard range or something. You got to fire on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, because he said he because I was trying. To, he was trying to find my poundage and trying to see what. You know, and I fired a couple. Got, I got a bullseye, nice. which is nice. And it was—I was saying to you before the podcast—it was. Um, I fired a few rifles and stuff in my time, and a, and a, and a belt-fed machine and things when I was in the military. And it was—I had a, a picture in my mind because you've not fired one before, have you? You've not been. You've not a done bow, no, before. No, no. When I was a kid, maybe like a little crappy, yeah. crappy one. Yeah, you know, a you straight stick, out the straight stick, and a bit of yes, string. Yes, but yeah. nothing, nothing powerful. Ping, accurate. One of those ones. Yeah. So uh, sucker on the end. And the the, the the picture I had in my mind of firing the, the rifle was completely different um, to the actual experience of doing it. But the archery was exactly how I imagined it. How, how cool I imagined it would be. Yeah. You know, I imagined the, you know, the the tension on my back, you know, holding the thing, aiming it, letting go, and this, it was the speed of the arrow that, that surprised me. It's the because well, I did it, I did it in school, and then I did it um, down at a archery club down here, uh, and also at my uncle's farm. And the bit that I like is as you release, because obviously you're holding it with your fingertips. As you yeah. release, the feeling of the string going across the top of your fingertips, and then it's almost the feedback that you get that there's that much power in that string as you let it go and it goes past your finger and then the arrow goes. It's just yeah. that it's it's very, very difficult to explain, but the actual feeling and the feedback and the feel that you get as you release mm. I just think it's awesome. And yeah. the, the tension that you've got in your arms like Yeah, and it was it was I was instantly, even after a couple of shots, I was just like, Oh God, this is this is addictive. <laughs> this is really addictive. Um 
and I bet it's, I, you know, I really like the idea of, of I mean, I may, I mean, we got a couple of recurve those. So you've got, you got there. a 68 inch. 68 inch, 24 yeah. 24 pounds? 28 pounds. 28 pounds. Yeah, 28 pounds. Siobhan's was a 24 pound. Siobhan's was a 20, I think. 20. 20, 20 or 22, yeah. yeah. 20, yeah, 20 pounds. That's right, I think hers was a 66 inch. Um, so we got those, and, and it was just, uh, yeah, I just, I just like the idea of, of being able to um, you know, have that skill. I mean, yeah. it goes back to being a polymath, polymath I suppose. Yeah. But it is that. Being able to, I, I would like to, you know, if, if me and Siobhan do eventually move to Canada, even if we don't, I'd like the ability to be able to go out and hunt food and provide well, you were food. Saying, you were saying that um, you can legally go and shoot rabbits and pigeons in certain places because there's... Yeah, there's guys in Norfolk, near my parents, there's guys in Norfolk that do it all that the time. Awesome. Uh, that sounds awesome. That sound I guess cool. you, must, you must have to have a permit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't think. I mean, you can hunt deer and stuff. I wouldn't think you have to be be too. Um, I wouldn't think it's too difficult to get a permit. Maybe you just no. prove that you can. I don't know if you can. If you well, you were saying about pre- killing them humanely, didn't you? Like killing them straight off. Yeah, because I mean, it, rather than rather than you know, if, you take, tw- if you take twenty, <laughs> sure, 20 arrows to kill an animal, it's, you know. a rabbit with twenty arrows that's sticking out of him like a hedgehog. Um, well, there's probably a lot of people listening to the thing. Oh, well, you know, hunting. Well, you can't kill a rabbit. Hunting's bad and stuff, but it's 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 like you know I. Th- I often thought about this with um, with slaughterhouses. Yeah, people say our oh, slaughterhouses are bad. It's like well, okay, if you got rid of the slaughterhouses and people had to kill their own animals, there'd still be just as much, just as many animals getting killed potentially. In a worse way. It's arguably. just that it's just that the the, the the killing is spread out yeah. instead of being concentrated in one place. I think yeah. it's it's the fact that it's concentrated in one place under one roof. Yeah. In controlled conditions. It's an area of it that. makes it look factory factory like. Yeah. But I think you know a, a factory is is designed to be efficient I mean obviously the animals are still going to suffer somewhat um, but then but then again what what organism doesn't suffer at some point in their life yeah. it, it's you know if, if you're a wild animal it's got it's got to be worse surely I mean you're oh, not going to have a quick death if you're a wild imagine animal imagine being shot by a lion yeah or, or anything or being eaten alive yeah. or, or, or being suffocated or but swallowed by a snake and then digested in its stomach it's just it's all. It's all. I mean, arguably, we're probably the most humane killers. And it's. It, it's. I don't know. So it's not really possible to be a vegetarian. I don't think there's been any human civilization study that isn't a hundred percent vegetarian. Even even cows aren't hundred percent vegetarian. They'll they'll have insects and other things in in the grass. They don't eat just grass or just hay. Um, I mean, there obviously are animals that are completely vegetarian. There must be. But even then, a lot of them will, they will don't eat know. insects and stuff. They don't like. know and they don't care. They know that they have to eat. Giraffes know that they have to eat leaves off the trees. Yeah. And um, they haven't got the capability to go and kill a lion and eat a lion because no, they haven't got the, the lion to eat it. I suppose there is the argument that we haven't got the tools to um, uh, kill animals. You know, we haven't got sharp teeth. We haven't got such and such. Yeah. You know. um, but you can eat raw meat with. Out with human teeth, it's it's been done for. It yeah. is done. Yeah, no, it is even done. now. Um, yeah, I mean that's a completely different argument, but okay. But yeah, okay I mean, I'm, going back to a question then that I've wanted to ask you uh, and get your opinion on, um, and obviously the Polymath podcast is is based around things that interest us, uh, and invariably a lot of those things are the older style knowledge based skills like archery. 
uh, and obviously you do lots of calisthenics um, handstands and stuff which is frigging cool um, I can just about do one if I have some parallettes because I'm yeah, not doing yeah. on my hand yeah but you are 6 foot 5 though Chris yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so things like that if I wanted to ask um, do you think that there is a place for skills like that in the modern day environment so things like archery you is need... there a reason to learn archery in a modern day environment other than just because it's cool it's that, it's that uh, uh, yeah exactly I think that's it it's that because it's, it's cool like you, don't need, you, don't, you don't need to hunt I think it, I would like to have a more primitive type lifestyle why well for me well I wouldn't want to I wouldn't necessarily want to live I wouldn't want to necessarily live in a log cabin I mean, I, I'd want to live in a place that has you know modern technology say solar panels or ground source heat, heat pumps or yep. all those sort yep. of things you know um but also be able to go and hike in the wilderness and yep. sleep outside for three, three four nights. I, I don't think there's. I think there's a, a common thing where people believe that you have to have. You have to be either one or the other. Yeah. You have to either be a complete technophile or you have to be a technophobe. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think. think I don't think that's, that's the true. case. You know. I mean. I like. I like. I'd like. To, I'd like a house that's cut into the cut into the hillside with the hobbit house. With if a, I with could, if I could build and live in a hobbit house. <laughs> Like the one in, like the one in the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm small enough. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. I'm alright. I can say that. I'm six foot five. <laughs> you just have to build a bit. You just have to build a, build a big one. But no, a house that's like cut into the cut into the hillside with um, a water. But as long as you had internet access and yeah. you had modern sewage tri- your modern one sewage yeah. and, and, yeah, yeah. and modern modern equipment. So enhancing enhancing a uh, an older. I don't know, is it a vision of a lifestyle, an older vision lifestyle? Yeah. Um, because you with, might not, you know, my, my sort of lifestyle, technology. I wouldn't necessarily want to spend X amount of hours every day collecting firewood. No. You know, I'd much rather work and pay for, say, solar panels for people put on the roof, or some other form of heating system. I would like an open fire. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, but, oh, yeah it'd be fire. absolutely amazing. Hand, but I, hands, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to spend... But you no, know, you're right. I, I wouldn't want, want to go and collect fire. I suppose I want the I want the option. I don't have to be. I don't want to have to be forced into hunting for food all the time. I don't want to have to be forced into um, spending all day just trying to survive. Yeah, I want to do those things because you want because to do it's them. Cool because it's because you want to. It's yeah, because, because, it's, it's, because you enjoy it. You need to find find it because it's polymer. Because polymer. <laughs> because polymer. Yeah. Or so, yeah, some sort. We need some sort of phrase, don't we? Why, why do you want to do archery? Because polymer. I don't know because 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 it's, because it's cool. There we that's go. Not, that's not a word. Polymathic. Well, we can bring it. We can make it a word. Exactly. Shakespeare made it. There we go. Siobhan does that all the time. She'll say something, and I was like, "That's not a word." It she's is. Like, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And I was like, "It's not." She's like, "Well, Shakespeare invented words. Why can't I?" <laughs> I was like, "You want Shakespeare." <laughs> <laughs> she won't get it. Now we've just, she'll now we've never, just got she'll an invented a word on the polymath podcast. She'll never listen to this. But no, it, do, it does need it does need a phrase or a, an argument because why are you doing? She said archery? situate. No, 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 not situate. She said situate. Situate. I, th- I said you mean stipulate. She was like, no, no, situate. I was like, stipulates a word. <laughs> situates a word. I don't think stituate is. <laughs> I'm sure she found it though. I'm sure she she always does this. She'll look and she'll go. I told you. She said. She kept saying uh, ill-educated. That's why I think you mean uneducated. And she says, no, it's a word. No, ill-educated is like, a word. Exactly, I'd never yeah. heard it before. 
And I thought it doesn't sound it doesn't sound right when you put it next to uneducated, but it is. Yeah. And I was like, and I thought she was just, and then she showed me, and then I was just like, oh god. When I was, when I was point over me there. <laughs> one nil down. One nil. Well, yeah. maybe maybe. But 20, but you'll 20, get, twenty-seven one down. You'll get a bow. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go on Friday, aren't we? I'm going to go and find it. Well, we're going to go to, on Friday, uh, we're going to, is it Merlin? Merlin Archery yeah, in yeah. Loughborough. Which um, is cool. Because I've got, I've got a day off. Yes, I've got a day off and you've got a um, kind of a half day off. So we're going to go down there and... Uh, I've... Well, every day, every friend, day mine's a day yeah, off every before day. I need to be, but yeah. no, afterwards. I've got, um, I've got a friend of mine who is just doing his archery uh, coaching course. So he's finished that in January and he was telling me about what, what I need to look for and what I need to check for because you always kind of like do a little bit of research before you do it. And um, he was saying I need a 25-inch riser um, and you try and get the best riser that you can. I mean, it's, it's irrelevant when you start. You just want a bow. But you want a 20, 25 well, say, though, Although I found out my draw If you get a takedown, you length, get a really good, really good yeah, riser. Yeah. You can just replace yeah. the limbs and yeah. you know, you've got a really good riser there. Yeah. So that was the idea, just kind of, but then I'll end up painting it, I'm sure. I'm already looking forward to kind of painting it and yeah. customising it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I worked out my draw, what was my draw length? 30, 30.4 inches. My draw length, uh, that's your arm span divided by two and a half okay. in inches. Um, and that gives you about 70, 70 to a 72 inch bow. So it'd be interesting. Long, I mean, if it's 68, yeah, well, 68 you're 68, massive. You're 68, pretty cool. and you want it up on your wall, don't you? Yeah, I'm gonna find a bit of it, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I used to do it, I've got a bow upstairs, but it's um, it's not a recurve bow, it's like a um, a, a school long bow, so it's almost like those little bows that we used to make when we were a kid, um, but it hasn't got a string on it, uh, and I'm sure I've got some arrows, but I think they're only 28 inch arrows. We have to go go up into the loft and dig those out. Mm. So I'll take those down. I right? think one of thirty is thirty. I think yours are thirty. He did do him a cut. Uh, we, 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 he had a special arrow that has that's really long and that has a load of markers on it. Okay. You just draw a couple. Of, well, you've got to be drawing like three or four times. Yeah. Just to make sure it's consistent. Yeah. Um, but Siobhan is really, really, really sore from the from the gym like the day before. So I think once she draw like it's like <laughs> twenty. Well, it's like twenty four and twenty eight. Um, <laughs> then fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. But, uh, no, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be really cool. But I mean, I've got to buy a target on Friday anyway. I've got a good buy a yeah. target because I need a, what, a boss, I think they call it. Yeah. Uh, and boss. also, my uh, my uncle's got a farm over in uh, about well, two minutes away from me. So we're going to see if we can go up onto the top field and absolutely and practice, mm-hmm. mess around, and uh, I look forward just be to polymathic. You know, even 20, 30 minutes a day. I think just to keep it. Yeah. To keep the. Yeah, I was play, I played the uh, played the guitar again on uh, Sunday as well. Cool. Um, so I picked that up. I couldn't find a pick, so I picked a 50p up and put a picture on Facebook. And That's my friend right. said, "Use a 2p instead." I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to pick up a 2p because I've got a 2p." Oh yeah, because well. it's, right, it's round. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I played, I played with 50p. It has, has the has a sort of slight point on it, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't notice a difference particularly. Um, it might might have felt slightly more instant on the uh, on the pluck on the pick. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to trying to get my Guitaring up as well. Very cool. Ready for when you write the uh, intro for the Polymath podcast? So yeah, I when can, I get uh, some, so I, I can play time the backing on. time, the backing music. For I need to. Oh, well, I, I thought I need. I need to get some decent. Well, not decent. I need to get some sort of recording program on my. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd Mac. be really cool. Because I need to. Oh, well, I want to put like drums with it yeah. or something like that. But um, uh, I think you can. Can you do that in GarageBand? 
You probably can't. I've never even opened GarageBand. To <laughs> One of my friends said I should be doing the podcast on GarageBand. At the moment, I do it on Audacity. Okay. Like, if you've got it on a Mac, just do it in GarageBand. Um, oh, what else did I have to say? Oh, yeah, audiobook. Did I speak about that? Oh, no, yeah. You, well, so I've sent my... You, you spoke about the fact that you actually had some guy to do yeah, it. Yeah, well, I've, I've auditioned him and everything. So uh, there's a site called ACX, the Audiobook Creation Exchange. I think it's a subsidiary of Amazon. Amazon, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's good now because you can write a manuscript yourself and you can basically do an e-book, a paperback, it's and an nuts, audiobook. It's isn't it? Yeah, absolutely not. You can just do you anything. Can, you can pay for it, or you can get like a profit share, which is what I've done. Um, is then you've got you know two people promoting it and trying to get more people reading it or listening yep. to it in this case. Um, and it just seems awesome. You know, you get to you get to interact with people. This guy just happens to be from Canada. Interact with people all over the world. Messaging him backwards, forwards. He just sends me through. I listen, listen to iTunes. Because I've, I've listened to his to the audition that he sent through. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, just, pretty it's good. Yeah, really yeah cool. it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, What's it like to hear somebody reading your book? It's strange because I've re- read and reread the, the lines over and over again. Yeah. It's familiar, but not familiar, because he'll put he'll he'll accent, you know he'll emphasise certain words yeah. and and do the characters a certain way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had to send him sort of a bit of a character bio so he knows okay. what it sound like. Um, Kevin Smith was always on about because he, he he's his films are all very dialogue based. He he likes writing the dialogue, and he was saying that um, once he gets it, once he gets. Once he gets the um, um, actors on set and he said, right, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do this take, blah, 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 ready, go, uh, and they do the take, and he's just sitting there, and he he, he tells stories of, wow, that's really cool, I really like, I just like listening to them do it, because yeah, he said like, cut, okay, can we do another take? What, what what was wrong with that one? Nothing, I just like you, I just like listening to you talking all my dialogue. It's awesome. Yeah, so um, yeah, it, it comes, must, it it must comes be really good. Then, you know, it, it must be um, really cool. I mean, because I, I I read all my manuscripts out aloud anyway. I even did it with complete calisthenics, even though it's not even yeah. it's non-fiction. Just to just to if you if I find if I read it, the editing and stuff is a lot easier, and I pick up mistakes um, or any mistakes that there are. So I mean, even if I was I was reading it out to myself, and I, I was trying to, I didn't put on the accents because I don't, can't do an American accent and I can't do those sorts of things. But um, it, even that, it just sounds so different having someone else. Someone yeah. else do it, you know. And the guy is an actor. He's done, you know, he's he's done plenty of radio stuff and and plays and other audio good. books and stuff. So I think that would be about two months. So I'm looking forward to having a, you know, I'll, I'll from now on I'll do that for every every novel that, that, that I publish, yeah. you know, because it's just. Well, if he's good, you'll you probably straightforward. Have well, I'll have I'll. Do you think you'll audition? I'm again, just or? writing Zephyr. I'll have to use somebody different because it'll have to be. Uh, you're an American. I have to do use an, almost an older voice. Deeper okay. voice, and he needs to be able to do like a Morgan um, Freeman to because there's there's like mafioso or <laughs> mafiosi guys, you know, yeah. uh, 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 and and you know, Italian Italian sort of gangster types, um, and they need so to be able cool. to do do that sort of dialogue. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to write that dialogue. It really is because you can just you know if you like you, you have to write fucking and you leave, you know leave the G off and put an apostrophe and all these other sorts of things. Um, and you can kind of make it, um, yeah. Speech like that—it's a lot more personal. You, instantly, you get an idea of what the characters like. Yeah. Whereas with um, Pegasus, it's a lot harder because they're they scientific, very scientific. Yeah, and they were—they're all sorts of quite similar people, quite similar characters, even though yeah. they have different backgrounds and stuff. Um, I'm guessing the pace pace of the dialogue is going to be slightly different as well. And yeah, to it's a totally to... different. It's totally. I mean, it might be. It'll be shorter, probably. 
fifty to seventy thousand words at the most. It doesn't need to be longer than that, and it might even need to be shorter. Um, and I wanted to try because I wanted to try and write a very tight plot, very well crafted plot, which is why I've done so much planning. Um, I almost tried to write it as if it is going to end up as if somebody's just going to pick the book up and go, "This is going to make a perfect film," and or a really good film, and then they'll they'll film it. Yeah, I wanted to almost do it like that. So um, I don't want to do sort of any extra narratives. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to do any scenes that are not vital, or okay. chapters that aren't vital for the story. Well, they do um, chop and change films. Just oh to yeah, get I'm, them down. So I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, they obviously do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'd be. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun to get out. I mean, I, I should. I think I'll, I'll get to about ten thousand words today. So um, hopefully that won't be. I won't be too long. I think it's because I was doing a lot of calisthenics and, and stuff at the same time as trying to write Pegasus. So, yeah. Um, I was kind of like, I'm a, I'm a plate over full. But I suppose it's going to be in full now with that TV series. I'm going to get that TV series idea then, but. You just, um, just, just, just write the pilot. Yeah, I'll literally I'll, just, just I'll write, try and get the pilot, just write the pilot by the next, next couple of months or so. Yeah. Um, anything else? So that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, we did a little bit of Latin. Um, we need to do, we need to do, we need to do, uh, well, I was there's um, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a there's a YouTube channel which I kind of follow and just uh, watch watch a couple every now and then when I can. Um, and the one that uh, was coming up this week or the last one that I watched was all about questions, and it just made just made me laugh with some of the question the question words in in Latin are just funny words. So quiz is uh, what is or or who or something like that. So quiz est uh, quiz est. Uh, Ashley or Ashley Est, um, I can't I can't remember what a writer is. Poet is poeta, so Ashley Est poeta. Uh, is it uh, is script something? Is script, it, uh, uh, something like scribe. Scri- it is um, scribest or something. Scribet. Scribet. Or no, is that Ashley. to write? Is that to write? Scribet. So writer would be scri- scribba. Because poeta. Oh, is it poeta? Poeta Norta is sailor. So I'm guessing it might be Scriba. Scriba, yeah, maybe it is, yeah. So, yeah, so Quis Est Ashley, uh, Ashley S. Scriba. Scriba, Scriba. Yeah. And then um, the other one is uh, where is something. So if you're going to ask where is uh, where is Italy, you'd say Ubi. Ubi Est Italia. And uh, Italia est uh, Europa. Italy is in Europe. Uh, but no, there's some just some of the question words. So you put you put the question words at the beginning of the sentence, and it it um, it's, it it is very very the actual sentence structure seems very very similar to English yeah. in terms of what is so and so. It seems very um, formal, like a formal yeah, language. Yeah, it seems very like, formal, very like sh- almost shorthand. Yes. That's yeah. what it seems like to me, like a yeah. shorthand. Like, it's not obviously a shorthand language, but it seems like it's, there, it's. There almost seems to be. I don't. I don't know, obviously, but there almost seems to be uh, a word that kind of sets the tone of the sentence. So, like quiz or ubi, which is a question, where or what or who, um, and then the actual thing that you're talking about, depending on whether it's a him or a her or a what, it depends on just the ending of the actual word. Mm. So, obviously, as nauta. Um, and nautica and things like that. Which is, you just change the ending depending on depending on what it is, which is obviously a very very European thing in terms of French and Spanish and Italian. Anyway. Not that I'm particularly speaking any Italian. 
But yeah, I was just thought the, the, the yeah, question was a bit more. Yeah, I've got, I've got, some my, more I've got my textbook at home. I'm gonna have to have to dig that out a little bit more. I think. Um, right. Cool. Number nine. Number nine done. You got to scoot off. Ah, I've got to go. I've got to take the cat to nice do uh, to get her injections of all things. You're gonna stab it in. Just stab a cat with an arrow. Well, it's so she can set the cat to and stuff, and we don't have to. We don't have to because we can't. Oh, take that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and if we need to go, if we need to go on holiday, say. Yeah, I'd keep having to go out and feeding it. Yeah, well, yeah, we might go. We, we we haven't been on holiday really yet since we in. Um, we, yeah, we haven't been on holiday in two years. Well, we've been on short breaks, but not not any sort of yeah. long holiday. We're going out. Lindsay and I are going out for a meal on Friday, um, but uh, we're, we're, I'm going to try and try and go somewhere next year. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I need to. I need to book somewhere. Especially, especially in terms of photography much. as well. Try and try and try and kind of coincide. Then you with, can say it's a photography strip. Exactly. Exactly. As long as I take a photo on a holiday, oh, it's it's a a tax man. Exactly. Yeah. Take one picture. Totally. Totally. That's uh, completely. Yeah, that's the way. It Michael, works. so next, what will be next? Next Tuesday, we didn't do that. Tuesday, I might be, I back? might yeah. be in Plymouth on Tuesday, but I'll be back when for Wednesday definitely. Okay, cool. Um, what time do you get back? I'm not sure yet. I'm not even sure what day we're going. We might okay. be going. I think we might be going Saturday now instead of Sunday. But well, we did uh, we did last week on a Wednesday, didn't we? Because I uh, I got back late on the the Monday, and we couldn't do the Monday. So yeah. Apologies to those guys. Uh, I know Guy was very upset that he couldn't listen to it on his uh, morning commute on the Wednesday. Oh, but yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we try and keep. We try and keep. It. Sometimes just stuff comes up, and we try and keep yeah. that day free. Cool, sweet. Well, maybe awesome. what, uh, you go away. We'll sort it out. We'll get it out there. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, 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 right. Awesome. Have a good right. one. I shall see you later. Yes, yeah, in a bit. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.